Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. gentlemen and everybody inside and outside of the gender spectrum and welcome back to stardom quest the best weekly stardom podcast anywhere in the world i'm as always alex and i'm joined by dylan hi dylan hey alex i'm, I'm feeling happy today the golden boy's in good shape I'm, I'm really man wrestling's good wrestling's good man i like wrestling <laughs> that's good um yeah so obviously we're here uh, to talk about the Tokyo Dream Cinderella show that just went down um, on the 12th, and we're we're gonna get into some guyism a bit, even though that's not really our our usual forte. But um, you know, let's just dive right into it. Uh, Dylan, Tokyo Dream Cinderella, huh? How what you think? Man, it was really fucking good. Um, you know, over time, the one glaring bad thing about it that really made me very upset i have come to terms with and we'll talk about that a little bit later um and overall it was really really well done really really good wrestling overall um had the match of the year on it so that's always a plus um yeah i fucking loved it how did you feel uh it was great yeah like top to bottom just a, a fantastic show that um it really reinvigorated my love of wrestling somewhat, um, so I'm happy to talk about it uh, with you. Um, we're not going to do any news or anything, because we'll save that for the normal episode, which will be later this week. Uh, we're just going to go straight into the show. Um, so the show started with the opener, uh, which was the Cinderella Tournament semi-final match. Uh, before that, there was the dark match between Rina, Hina, and Lady C. Rina beat Hina, mm-hmm. and Lady C was also there. Um, which I had thought would happen, but uh, this this didn't air on the pay-per-view or Samurai TV, so presumably it might go up on Stardom World, I don't really know. Um, but the opener to the show that did go up on YouTube and everything else was the semi-final match between Micah and Unagi Sayaka. Um, Micah had her leg very visibly taped, and I was kind of worried at first, um, and then it was like, oh, okay, this this is why, because Unagi and Ko uh, worked it over, so they, they worked in a way for Unagi to kind of wear Micah down without it, you know, not making sense, uh, given that Micah gets the shit beat out of her by everybody else. 
Yeah, this was this was really well done. Um, Unagi stepped up to Micah as soon as she got in the ring and did the, the delicious pose, you know, the, the thing. And Micah, as always, just looked so done with Unagi's bullshit, and I loved it. Because, again, like, Unagi got in the ring and just walked right up to her and just stared her in the face and did the pose. And Micah's like, I'm going to fucking kill this person. I'm so sick of her already. <laughs> this sucks. I Why am I here? And then, you know, uh, Unagi did a lot of, you know, good stuff relatively. Um they wrestled around, did some spots, you know. This was a, a good match. It was probably the least notable on the show, um, so it's probably good that it went first. But it, it was definitely a, a fine match. Um, Michael won with the Mishinoka driver. Uh, uh, what was I about to say? I was about to, oh, yeah. Um, there, there are certain opinions on the show because the show has gained a little bit of notoriety. So I was watching this show with um with my buddies Sprite, Passion, and Darren. Um all three of them don't really watch a ton of stardom. Uh you know they they sort of like they they they're 2019 stardom guys, right? Um and they, they actually really like the show, which was kind of surprising for all of us because they weren't expecting to enjoy it as much. Um and then also Meltzer talked about the show and he specifically said that Unagi is surprisingly amazing. And I was like damn Melts, I don't think I could trust you anymore because you just you you gave Unagi praise and you didn't give Momo Watanabe praise. So uh, that's kind of sus, bro. It's kind of sus. But uh, yeah, I just okay. want a tangent. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't really know how to to get this back on track. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> either. Sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, that Mike was a good won. match. That was a good match. That was a good match. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Micah won. Um, Yes. Which was predictable. Obviously, we had we had kind of guessed that that it would um be happening. I I I thought like as an, as far as openers go, this was okay. I don't I didn't love it or anything, but it was it was it was a fine way to kick off the show. Um, I think th- this had potential to, to go south given the two competitors involved, but I thought they both did pretty well and they kept things going and Micah got a pretty strong win out of it. Yeah, uh, like I said, it was probably the least noteworthy on the show, but it was it was definitely a fine match, and I'm I'm happy I saw it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, and we're moving on to the next match then, which was uh, Sayaka Mitani versus Himeka in the semi-final of the Cinderella tournament. Uh, this was Saya's win. Uh, she got the win over her, a returning Himeka, who held her neck quite a lot throughout the match uh, to a worrying degree. Um, I don't know if that was just selling now or what, but... Um... We'll have to wait and see. Um, and yeah, like this was the match you expected it to be. Himeka played the powerful role on top, and then Saya used her agility to get back into things. And Saya eventually put her away with the Star Crusher. Yeah, I, I really like this match. Um, like you said, Jumbo is still injured. Um, she had this one match, and now she's going to be off for the rest of the month. So that is pretty worrying. Um, but considering that she she wrestled injured here, this was a really really good match. Um, I felt like Saya specifically, her kicks were randomly looking very very good tonight or on that night. Uh, I don't know what it was, but just every time like she she kicked her, she big booted her. Um, she had this one really really good looking um, pump kick that just murdered Jumbo. And it, I don't know, Saya was really on her game uh, in this match and in the match later on. Jumbo also did great jumbo stuff i feel like she's one of those wrestlers that's like spot wise just has some of the most um fun to watch spots that she does uh and so is saya so they really mesh well together um 
they had some elimination evasion that I liked, uh, where <laughs> Jumbo like threw her outside and Saya was like holding on by a thread and you know the the usual stuff that Saya does and um, overall great stuff like you said, um, Saya won with the Star Crusher. Again, really good match. Uh, Jumbo hit the the fucking um, Super Dragon, the the JP coaster. So she hit her that she hit that on her, and then she is kicked out straight up at two. So I was like, damn, that move is not even close to her finisher anymore. And I, I was kind of shocked. But uh, the the big the big sell was Jun- Jumbo was going for the uh, concussion bomb, and she could never hit it. Saya got the win with Star Crusher. Um, like I said, great match. I enjoyed it. Uh, Hopefully they run it back once Strembo is is better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that made sure that our Cinderella final was uh, Micah versus Sire, which we had obviously predicted in the preview, um, just because obviously they're old rivals and they had been playing that up in the build-up to this. In in hindsight, Micah versus Sire was the right choice for the final, wasn't it? Like, none of the other matches would have worked out as well, I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, even even if you jumbled it up a little bit, like I, I still don't think, uh, like I obviously love that match, but I think that Saya versus Micah was definitely the right go, and not you know train it up like Jumbo versus Saya or Jumbo versus Micah or Unagi versus anyone. Um, I think this is a really good move, and I thought that was a really good choice to have uh, Micah and Saya be the be the last ones in the tournament. It really gives Micah a good rub too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Micah came away looking very good. Um, but we'll talk more about that match later. Uh, the next match on this show, which um, I'm sure you loved uh, just mm-hmm. knowing you, uh, this was the three-way tag match that Julia said should be jumbled up. So we had uh, basically the lotto system to pick the teams, and the teams that we ended up with were Azumi and Natsupoi versus Julia and Tam Nakano, and the team of Mina Shirakawa and Momo Watanabe. I've seen a lot of apt comparisons between this match and like 2019 stardom is what people have been saying. It definitely had the vibe of old stardom where this was just fun. Like it was just so entertaining. Even if, you know, the wrestling took a backseat, it was just so interesting to see like so many funny spots that you, you could really see how the interplay between the characters was paying off. And it's, it's something that I don't think stardom does enough of where you just get to see the characters and how they interact and how entertaining that just is naturally um this match was a perfect example of that like uh mina mina was comedy <laughs> powerhouse in this one like the, the, yeah. the point where she was just getting beat up and told everybody to stop so she could do her pose i was it was so funny um and momo trying to do her pose only to get knocked off the ropes like there was so many little moments like that that were just so funny and kept the match going um to the point that I honestly I didn't even couldn't tell you a single spot that happened outside of somebody messing up Natsupoi's uh backwalk drop kick thingy that she does now. Um that's all I remember. Just all I know is that I was laughing throughout almost this entire match. Yeah, I I think I think this really hit something like this really made me feel that it's like damn stardom is great right now, but it could be so much better if they focused more on this sort of vibe than they usually do on the house shows. Um, Cause this match was really good action. Um, Don't make, get me wrong, but the, the comedy through line of it was so well done and all of the wrestlers um, did very, very well with it that I'm like, why can't they do this? Like on all of the house shows that me and Alex watch that 
are way more intense than they need to be and than they should be um, for its own good. Uh, I, I love this match overall. One thing that we didn't mention is that the reason why everybody is cool with beating the shit out of their partner is because um, there's a cash prize at stake. Or like a, a, I think this was like a sponsored match technically. Um, so the winner got like an envelope. Uh, and I think Azumi ended up saying on Twitter that it was not enough money to to have <laughs> to to warrant her having a tag with Natsupoi, which was kind of funny. Um, but overall, this is a this is a really good match. Um, Momo and Mina, like you said, were the were the comedy powerhouses here, and they they both looked like such fucking nerds, and it was hilarious because Momo doing the pose while Mina is getting her ass beat, like yeah, and then it's like oh oh shit, that, that's that's not good, but hey, you know, like it, it's I don't know, this entire match was really really funny, really well done. Um, you said that you don't really remember any spots, I don't either, honestly, but I do. One spot that I do remember is Azumi and Momo did a bunch of good stuff together because obviously they did, you know, um, when they're against each other, it's one of the best things you can ever see. Um, and then they ended up doing a high speed rush. Her and Natsupoi, um did one on Mina and Momo and it looked incredible. And I was like, damn, uh, Azumi and Natsupoi should team up more often because that was fucking dope. Uh, yeah, Azumi ended up rolling up Mina. High speed homies get the win. Uh, afterwards, the promos were fucking hilarious. I don't even know what the what they actually said, but they were so funny, man. I love them. Yeah, you you didn't need to know what everybody was saying. They were just they were portraying uh, yeah. their, their characters very well, and you, you knew things were going down. Um, I I forgot to mention it, but it was so funny at the very start when uh, Julia and Tom just like slapped each other oh, and they, they started screaming. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, they started slapping the shit out of each other. I was like, oh wow, that's we're, okay. This is this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. Like you know, you know when a match is gonna be good. That that's that's one of those signs. Um, and yeah, fucking Momo looking like she was literally crying because she had to team with with Mina. It was like the funniest shit. Like that was that was the start of like okay, this is gonna be this is gonna be good. Momo and Mina, like because obviously they were building up Momo and Julia being the team. Um, but instead they went with you know a bit more uh hist- historic rivals than they went with the, with the modern rivals uh and i really enjoyed that i thought that it was a great pairing all three of them um and then after the match like i was saying i don't know what they said but i'd like to assume that azumi after she got the one the win said oh we should we should tag up more not spoil and then and then not was like yeah i mean I, I guess and then azumi simply said psych i lied the cash prize is mine then she ran away because she she ran away with the money um, and that's why mm-hmm. chased her out of the building, and it was great. Uh, I, I fucking loved it. Such good shit. Such good shit. Yeah, the best. Um, and yeah, it's it's the sort of stuff that I appreciate because I think had you just had another normal match here, it wouldn't have stood out at all. Um, but because they went the route they did and just decided to go with entertainment over work rate or whatever, it it was so much more fun, and it stood out a lot. I'm sure if these three teams were to have a normal match, it would have been fine, but you know them just you know going the comedy route was so much better and i think i think this match really highlighted that it's like if they decide to go the comedy route more often it could be some of the best stuff in in the world like some of the obviously i think stardom is one of the better companies in the world as is but with with the comedy stuff here it's like you notice that it's like the work rate aspect of stardom is is not a, a net negative like a lot of the work rate stuff definitely adds on to these these matches. Even this comedy match, you can feel that all of the wrestlers were good at wrestling. You know what I mean? Like it was it was a good they're all good wrestlers. They're all very good at just 
being work rate wrestler, so to speak. But when you add the comedy element to it, it makes it so much better. And and if you combine both of them, then it's like I don't see how anybody could dislike stardom if they did this sort of match a bit more often than they do. Because like we said, this is one of the first like real like not comedy matches, but matches that had a through line of comedy outside of a death Yamasan match or a, you know, Goki again, Fuki again, or a color me pop match. Like I, I feel like they could definitely lean on comedy a bit more like they used to. And I think uh, it would, it would both make the work rate feel more important and feel more, uh, you know, just overall good. And it would also just make the shows f- more fun to watch. You know what I mean? So I think if they went this line a little bit more, I would really, I would really enjoy it. That's fair. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like some people really hate comedy in their wrestling, and I mean that that's fairly boring. Um, to me, like if 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 I'm following a promotion, then I want something to be different every now and then. Like if I don't want just a show of good matches, I can watch any promotion in the world and get good matches. Like good matches are as easy to find these days as they ever have been. I want this to be entertained more so, and that's and that's why. When I first started watching Stardom, I really liked it because they did have that comedic aspect to it, and then it's something that I think other promotions do really well is when they just they do have comedy and they embrace comedy, and it makes it so much more interesting to follow them because every match isn't just like super serious or every match isn't just like the same almost. Um, and I I I definitely think that uh comedy it will always enhance a show, and I think that's. It's one of the reasons why I came out of this show enjoying it so much was I, I remembered this match and I was like, oh yeah, this match was so funny. I, I had a really good time with it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And th- that's the thing is that it's like, I get, like sometimes, I, I personally like comedy regardless. I think that usually wrestling comedy works for me. Like I can I can enjoy stupid wrestling comedy even. Um, but the thing is, is that stardom used to, and in this match as well, has such a good formula for comedy that's like obviously there is the the clown you know the fukigen death type stuff but the the more just like inherent comedy of you know older oedo time matches like i i always think back to that one match before hazuki announced her retirement when they started doing aew chants like oedo tai started doing aew chants for riho when they were you know beating the shit out of her and they just started doing aew chants like and that was just funny like it wasn't like it was a comedy match it was just a funny aspect of the match that everybody had a laugh for and, you know, enjoyed it. And just like little things like that, they can definitely implement into their matches. And it doesn't have to be a literal clown doing, you know, jokey matches. Obviously, I think that's good, too. But I don't know. I never got the, the you know, hatred for comedy wrestling, especially when it's well integrated. Uh, it's, it's really a stupid critique, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I also think it's a stupid critique, but uh, <laughs> I suppose it's just us, I guess. Uh, some people do like their wrestlers to be, you know, grr, I want to win matches, I'm angry, but, you know. Ugh. I, it, that, yeah, listen, I, you know, just watch Netflix or something if you want grr, angry things, I don't know. Um, anyway, speaking of clowns, um, we have the next match on this show, which was the all-out war between Stars and Oedo Tai. Um as happened at the last pay-per-view, Oedo Tai won by cheating and took a member of Stars. This time it was Starlight Kid. I hate this, but I'm also very intrigued by it because it wasn't. it's not a boring option. And Atsuko Tora 
kneeling over Starlight Kid's dead body while Mayu is forced to watch her being ripped away was fantastic. And the emotions at play by all the people involved really helped uh, enhance the moment. But I'm just not sure if Kid to Oueda Tai is a, is, a, is a positive move because I feel like she goes from important member of stars to a fairly middle-of-the-road part of Oueda Tai, if that makes sense. And I feel like they're putting a ceiling on her that wasn't there before. Um, and obviously, if Oueda Tai are going to go back to doing some of the easy tactics in their matches, then that's just going to limit how good her matches can be. Okay. Um, yeah, obviously, I, I hated this when this happened. I actually really fucking like, despised it, and I was very upset for... Um, even into the into the next match, I was I was just like, man, this fucking sucks. Um, in fact, I tweeted a a, a conversation between me me and you, um, where I said, man, I fucking hate wrestling right after this match. And then a half hour later, I said, I love wrestling more than anything in my life. So um, you'll you'll see how how that changes over time. Um, but the thing is is that I I'm hoping that they take a page out of TJPW's book. Um. And it's a very weird thing for me to say that, as everybody knows. But the uh, Hyper Masao storyline, if they did that here, I think that, that, that this would work. Um, do you remember that story? I, I know you weren't big on TJPW at that point. Um, yeah, I know the general idea of what happened, yeah. So if, if they went like that and had Kid, you know, in, in Oedo Tai for a bit, you know, start getting kind of corrupted and, you know, uh, you know, start being a bit more heelish for a bit, and, you know, like, for, for, like, six months or so, she just, like, does some stuff. Keep her interesting. You know, like, have her win the high-speed belt. I don't fucking know. Like, have her do something. And always, always, like, get closer and closer to being a heel. Like, a real heel. Um, and then, at some point, have Mayu finally be like, you know what? No, I don't want this anymore. If I beat you, Natsuko, then I want Kid back. And, like, have her, have kids rejoining of stars within a year um have that be a big story i think that would be interesting um i don't think long term kid will survive in a way to tie because that's i just don't think that would be good for her over the long term and also uh stardom isn't really good with the long-term storytelling thing when it comes to certain things like this that need to have constant care and attention until it's paid off uh so I'm I'm kind of worried, and I don't think they're going to do it like hold for hold the same way as they did the Hyper Missile thing. Obviously, the Hyper Missile thing's a different story too, because Hyper Missile ended up joining voluntarily. It's a whole thing, completely different. Go check out TJPW if you want to. That was a really good storyline, in my opinion. Um, but I think in the end, Starlight Kid becoming corrupted, um, having this certain like level, like maybe facing Mayu and Mayu beats her, and then afterwards she starts like questioning it, and then you know eventually Mayu gets Kid back in stars i think that would be a cool a cool storyline long term if they just have kid oh i'm a heel now sorry sucks to suck fuck you guys and then it's just a heel like i think that sucks i think that's fucking stupid um and it's very possible they do that but that's that's my opinion of it i think if they do that more like long term you know slow burn of oh eventually she you know comes back and it's it's a big thing mk sisters maybe they win the tag belts at that point like that would be interesting to me um, I don't know if, if I'm reading a bit too much into it. I don't know if I'm just um, having a bit of copium and trying not to to be upset about this by being like, oh, it's actually a big thing that's actually going to, you know, be good in the, in the end. Um, it's very likely that it just won't. 
but uh, that's that's my hope, and I think that would be a cool storyline for them to run because uh, Starlight Kid in, in a way to tie long term just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I think there are ways they could definitely make it good. Um, I think one of them is copying the Masao storyline. The other one would just be letting Kid's mean streak speak for itself because I feel like when she is just kind of like, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you and then proceeds to beat the fuck out of people, it's very entertaining. Um, And I guess if she does that more, she would definitely be very entertaining. But I definitely don't think she should just immediately change and i feel like she's said herself in tweets that she won't change and i don't know if that's going to play into the canon obviously but i feel like it will go the more reluctant route yeah um, and and she also she also tweeted something and i think this is where my thought of the missile storyline story comes from is she tweeted wait for me like that those mm-hmm. exact words like wait for me, like please everybody wait for me um so i i imagine and especially with the aftermath of the main event seeing um natsuko come out I imagine that this is going to be a thing for at least a couple of months, right? Like, it's not going to be like, oh, well, next month I'm going to beat you because it's like, that's not where they're going right now. Um, and I think if Jungle comes back, that can occupy Mayu's time for a bit because right now, Stars is fucking dead. Like, yeah. it's 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 not good right now. Um, if Jungle comes back pretty soon, then that could could definitely help things. But... I think it's not going to happen immediately. So, you know, that wait for me, obviously it could just be a, a basic baby face, you know, line in a tweet, who cares? But it also could mean that it's like, at a certain point, she will come back and she, it will be a, like a, you know, resurrection of Starlight Kid at some point. And I think that could be an interesting storyline um, if they keep up with it. And like you said, if they let Kid just be kind of, you know, the the brutal asshole that she can be sometimes um, without just her sitting on someone for, for 10 minutes, because I think that might be like a, the second worst thing I've ever seen other than Saki sitting on someone for 10 minutes is Starlight Kid <laughs> just sitting on someone for 10 minutes. I think that, I, I don't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to deal with that. Uh, so hopefully it, it does um, come back into a, a pretty well, well-formed storyline that I think they can do with Kid and Mayu and Stars and Oedotai and all that shit. Yeah, and I, I must say they have let the chains off Oedotai a little bit lately. I feel like they haven't been as restricted to being the bad guy, bad guy, evil heels. Um, I don't know if that's because they're like very popular now and they realize that or what, but they do seem to be allowed to kind of a bit better in the ring probably because they realize that you know if you're gonna push this group then they need to have good matches and um, so it's definitely possible that it in a way to tie will be good but i just think i'm just cautious maybe to see how it goes more than anything um, yeah i'm not gonna read like too much into it to try to fancy book anything because i genuinely don't know where the story is going you know we have kid in a way to tie for a, a while because as they announced, obviously the GP is starting at the end of July and running until late September, I think. So, you know, the next pay-per-view where they could logically do a Torah with tiny base payoff would be like October, maybe. So we're definitely getting away to tie kid for a while. I'm probably in the GP. Um, so we're going to have to get used to that. Yeah. Um, and we didn't even talk about the match. This match was probably the best uh, stars elimination match to date, because um, they've had like four or five of them in the past year. Uh, this was really good. I actually really liked the action in this one. Um, it was really, really good. I mean, it was just one of those where like bodies were everywhere and yeah. shit was just happening. 
Um, but there was some, you know, some good through lines with it as well. And I think Saki Kashima going beast mode and pinning like three people in a row was pretty cool. Um, and they got rid of Kagama early, to be fair. Um, you know, it was... Oh, wait, no, they didn't get rid of Kagama early. She lasted no, a long time. She, she, she got Konami out, which is kind of huge. Hmm. Like, she clean-pinned Konami with the, with the German. To be fair, Kagama is now the number two in stars, so she kind of needed it. <laughs> oh, my God, the state. The state of the <laughs> stardom army, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's rough. I mean, like, no, no offense yeah. to to Kagama. She's she's good. Like, she's definitely gonna grow into a, a pretty solid wrestler over the next couple months. But that is rough. Um, and another thing that I also just didn't like about this is that it felt like for the fourth time, Stars was like, you know what? We gotta let the we gotta let the chains off. We gotta be, you know, we gotta be menacing. And then it's like, yeah, no, you guys still suck. Sorry. And it's like, I'm cool with them losing because obviously there's a story that's going to come out of it. It's like, whatever. But man, like, Stars just looks so fucking just in, incompetent. Again, like, they're, they're so good at looking so incompetent. Uh, and it's, it's quite funny. Also, um, Rin kind of ruined everything because she, she eliminated the clown. And that was the entire fucking point of, of the match was to get the clown back. But Rin was just like, nah, I'm getting rid of this motherfucker. <laughs> and then that was it. So, I don't know. Yeah, Rin, Rin ruins everything. Um, we'll, and we'll, I suppose we'll, we'll mention that when we talk about Gaiaism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that, was that match. Uh, I enjoyed it, and the payoff was uh, a very surprising shock to the system. So, be honest the next match was one of those where i didn't really take a lot in because my mind was processing oedo tie starlight kid and yeah. so like hamitani and micah wrestled in the final of the cinderella tournament here uh, saya won as i predicted she pulled out the phoenix splash to get the win um what i remember this is pretty good and uh, a lot of people have said that it was great so it's one of those where i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it to really enjoy it to its fullest but the main emphasis here is that they put Saya over her rival, Micah. And I think, obviously, that was the right choice. I mean, Cinderella Tournament is, has been used over the past few years to really elevate somebody and put them on that top level. And it, it was time for Saya to, to you know step up to that highest level and be presented as the main event star that she is. I think after this win, with how she won how great she looked at the end, how just charismatic she was, and how great the match with Tam is going to be. I think she's she's undeniably a star now. And, you know, if she keeps performing the way she is, she's golden. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Like like I like I said earlier, um, the Oil Time match, when I watched it, really sucked the life out of me like it usually does. So um, the beginning of this match was really hard to, like, invest in, though I recognized that it was a good start and a good middle. Um, what... After uh, Micah hit the the superplex um a few minutes in like near the end, uh, that's when I started like really like investing into it, and I realized that wow, it's a really good, really good match. Um, and similar to the main event, I will say it it really demonstrated uh the best of what Stardom's work rate meta is nowadays. You know, what I mean, like I like I said, I I was watching the show with some people who aren't huge fans of of modern Stardom because of the you know longer matches, the more you know, uh, build up work rate type blah 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 type of shit um and and even they were sort of saying that's like yeah this definitely was a a good demonstration of what they 
are sort of aiming for nowadays with the with the longer matches even though this match wasn't particularly long just the you know more uh i don't know how to how to like define it but the more structured in the way that is that type of match they, this was definitely a really really good example of that it looked good it was a good match mike had a great comeback during the middle um and then saya hit the star crusher and probably the best phoenix splash that um she's done yet i feel like i'm saying that every mm-hmm. single time she hits one but she's really gotten good at her accuracy with it it looked incredible um and then she she won the match so saya busa got the dub um i'm really happy for her. indeed and uh, they didn't present her the trophy or the dress or anything after this match uh, they went straight into the main event um, but she did get her dress and her trophy later and um which was a great way to close the show by the way i loved it yeah we'll talk about I think that it's in a great. minute but it, it i don't know like like after the main event was like so much you would think oh it needs to end right there but like the the cool down of just seeing saya in a beautiful dress a like like i was i was talking to him it's like this was like they spent money on this dress unlike they usually do because yeah. <laughs> like in past years they've been pretty pretty lousy dresses not gonna lie but a beautiful green dress with the with the really nice plaque with the glass slipper on it and then tam's just on the outside just looking at her like kind of proud but also like damn this this chick might beat me like it, it was a really good closing for the show and saya obviously having an impassionate speech um it, it was a really good cool down from the main event which is what we'll talk about real soon um it was a really good cool down really good just like closing that's like oh this is really nice it's nice to you know it it, it was a happy moment because saya has obviously been working really hard and she's you know gotten to uh the next peak in her career because uh, she's had many at this point and I, it was really nice to see yeah and i mean ending the show with saya was like a big thing of like you know don't forget her this you know you're this, she's the last thing you're gonna see on the show she is our big deal and i think she she looked fantastic throughout that segment and the, the promo was great but she definitely just came across really really well um in the, in the main event spot there and you know it was good to to put her on last because she is obviously one of the building blocks for their future and to you know have the show end with just her and you know tam kind of staring her down was a great foreshadowing bit of presumably the next pay-per-view and that you know it's always good to have but you want to talk about the main event so let's get right into this uh this was for the world of stardom championship match utami heisterstedt and siri wrestled to a 43 minute draw now, anybody who doesn't doesn't follow me on Twitter probably thinks I hated this because it went 43 minutes and that I'm going to compare it to New Japan. Um, but that is not what's happening here. This was best wrestling match I've seen in about two years, I want to say. Like, this was the peak of what this shit can be. Like, it was amazing. I loved every second of it. Like, I wanted it to go 20 minutes more, 30 minutes more. I could watch them wrestle forever. Um, you know, I, I think some people will probably be put off by the double KO finish, but to me, that was the perfect ending to this match. Like, you have Tammy and Suri, who they had wrestled to the initial 30-minute draw. They restarted the match. They were, like, elbowing the shit out of each other straight from the restart. They were giving it everything. And then they just both couldn't give any more. And I think that's the perfect way to end the match. And it was a per like I feel like the the ending to a long match is almost always a bit of a letdown. But ending it the way they did here was just a, the the best way you could have possibly end a forty three minute war. Yeah, um as as I don't know if you got I think I only mentioned this like once or twice, um 
a couple months ago, but one of my favorite finishes in Stardom history is Momo versus Kagetsu um, in 2018 when they did a double a double KO uh, in this exact formula where uh, Kagetsu's obviously like beating the shit out of Momo and then Momo finally hits the Peach Sunrise, which had at that point never been kicked out of. Kagetsu kicks out, but then they're both double downed. So it's it's a double KO. That's one of my favorite uh, finishes in, in stardom and this was sort of similar with with uh shuri hitting the, the buzzsaw kick and both of them collapsing and it, it being a, a double ko um overall this match was incredible like it, it for me at the very least it was match of the year um mm-hmm. one one of the best matches in stardom and i think that's really really cool because uh obviously i just mentioned K- kagetsu i've been thinking about kagetsu a lot uh over this weekend for some reason and i was like man it's really nice that like I don't think I've enjoyed a match like the, like this much since Kagetsu was around. And I think that it was really nice that, you know, the only person that can knock Kagetsu off of my match of the year, like top match of the year, is her trainee and, you know, her, her you know, obviously it's not Saya, but it's it's one of her trainees. And it was really nice to, uh, as, a, as a diehard Kagetsu fan, to be like, man, you know, she trained the next best wrestler in the world, in, in my opinion, at least one of them. Uh, yeah, dude, this match was so fucking good. It was so good. Did you, by chance, read the Dragon Moon uh, Shoe Pro thing Utami did? Yes, yeah. I read that before this match, and a lot of people didn't, but that made this match a million times better for me. Uh, because it mentioned that Utami uh, was talking about Shuri. The way she was talking about Shuri was like, I don't know how to beat her. Like she's like, I know how to. I knew how to beat Micah. I knew how to beat Momo. I knew how to beat. You know, she said that she like she just knew how to scout certain wrestlers. She knew how to how to beat certain wrestlers. It was just a matter of her doing it. She specifically said that she does not know how to beat Shuri, and that was a really huge thing for a world champion to, to say, right? Uh, she she mentioned that her her kicks were both sharp, were both as sharp as Arisa Hoshiki's and as um as brutal as Momo Watanabe's. And she said her joint holds were something that to someone with a judo background were not scoutable. And they weren't something that she can just be, you know, technically better than and technically outcome. And so the beginning of the match was a lot of Shuri just kicking the shit out of her and stretching her with joint holds. And I was like, wow. So like Utami simply does not have an answer to these to these joint holds, to these um, kicks, to what Shuri is best at. And Utami already said that she didn't have an answer to that. And I found it really interesting that the ways that Utami got out of these moves and got a bit of her, you know, got a little bit of her shine was always very luck-based or really power-based. So you a lot of the big moves were apron moves, right? And it felt like, okay, this is how Utami can overcome Shuri because she already said that Shuri's better at this, this, and this. And the match so far has been this, this, and this. So she cannot overcome Shuri in that way. So she moves out of the way on a on a big move. Shuri bumps out to the apron, out to the floor, and then she, you know, does a fucking air raid crash on the apron. Now they're back up to an even level. I thought that was a really interesting aspect of it. And obviously, um, I'm I'm gonna let you talk in a minute because I know I'm I'm already going on a rant and I have a, a lot more to say. So I'm gonna hand it over to you in a second. But another big part of it is just Utami's sheer resilience throughout the entire match that was it made her and i say this every month that like oh this match made her utami star oh this match made utami star this performance this resiliency that she displayed absolutely made her a star and made her one of the best wrestlers in the world like just 
her her sheer selling and the way that she she presented the match. I don't know. It was a great match. I, I'm a, I'm about to start rambling, so you can you can jump in for a minute. All right. Um. Yeah. I think I would heap praise on Siri. I think Siri was amazing throughout this match, utilizing all of her experience and all of her techniques to to the fullest. You know, they presented her as the dominant performer from the get go. Like even from opening grappling to when she was like kicking the shit out of Itami to late on when she was you know teasing getting in that armbar and putting Utami away like Siri was fantastic at not only be playing the dominant role in wrestling on top but by keeping it interesting throughout that when Utami did fire back I was into it I was still engaged and fair play to Utami I think you know she let herself play second fiddle to Siri here and was happy to just get back into it when she could and use her power to try and overcome Siri and to try and just stay in the match. I think they presented them both really well in that way that you know, Utami you know, their first match, Utami kind of survived to get the draw and this time again she clawed her way to a draw. I think the, the you know, her eventually beating Siri is going to be a big, big thing in Utami's career and a huge milestone because of how they've presented Siri as just this superior performer in their first two matches, because, you know, Siri obviously was in the UFC, and she's, you know, an experienced wrestler. They really played into all of that. It helped the flow and the story of this match so well. Um, You know, because I feel like a 43-minute match, it's hard to pull off, but Siri just, you know, and Utami, the, the story they told, the way the match flowed how things you know progressed as things went on was just perfection um and they both deserve a lot of credit for their performances uh, but I, I think i heap a lot of praise on Siri just because you know she got over early her submissions and her her prowess on the ground and then as things got going late on after the initial time limit draw she was really leaning into those submissions which kept things interesting because really bought into some of those arm bars as potential match finishes, yeah. which you don't normally do because she is who she is and because they had taken the time to establish that early on, played into the finish down at the end. And so I think, I don't know whose decision that was, but they're an absolute genius. And yeah, just fair play to both of them for, for being able to perform. And, you know, Utami... There, there's no doubts anymore. Like uh, when she was belted up initially, I was I wasn't sure if she was the right choice, but she is world champion material. She 100% is is one of the best wrestlers in the company, and you know even if she does need an experienced head in there to reach the highest of high levels, I think she can pr- produce a pretty great match on her own. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know there was a conversation that was brought up that was like, is Utami one of the best red like match for match the only match i can specifically say didn't live up to the hype was her versus micah and that was again one of her what now six matches so like that that's pretty big considering you know there's always been at least a couple stinkers in a red bout rain it feels like but that's a conversation for a whole nother time um this match was so good 30 minutes in it didn't feel like 30 minutes which is always a good sign Mm -hmm. right and and like I said, I was watching it with, with some of my friends. It To none of us, it was like, oh, wow, it's been 30 minutes. That's one of the best 30-minute draws I've seen at least in years, if not, you know, period. Um, 
and then they restarted it. And as everybody knows, me and Alex are big fans of that Saido versus Kandori match that went to a draw, and then they restarted it. And man, I love a restart the match like trope in wrestling. It doesn't happen very frequently, but man, it just feels so fucking hype when they do it. It was so fun when they did it here. You know, Shuri and Utami were like, nah, we going more. We, we, we got more to do. And then they, they kept going. It was it was so great. Um, like you said, Shuri, her submissions, every time she locked one in, it was like, oh, it's over. Like, this is, this is the finish. Like, and literally bit on every single submission that she did. And then Utami found a way to the ropes. And again, as a, from a storytelling point of view, that is like, Utami is like the, the fucking god. Like, obviously, Shuri is a, a offensive god, but Utami, her defense just felt, like, incredible. That's like, damn, she is, she's taking all this shit, and she just keeps going. She just keeps going. It felt like Shuri literally, I don't know how many submissions she actually did, but it felt like she did, like, 15 of them, and Utami found a way to the ropes every single time, which, one, made Shuri's submissions look brutal because Utami couldn't find a way out of them. She had to find the ropes. And two, made, made Utami look fucking insane because every one of her limbs were dead at, by the end, and she was still going, and it was incredible. Um, yeah, I love that. Obviously, Shuri, her big moves, too, are just absurd. Fucking the Island Driver looked so fucking nasty this time. Like, the last time she hit it, it was, you know, a pretty safely done one. But this time, you know, 40 minutes in, she's like, nah, it's over, homie. And she just fucking killed her with it. Obviously, that, that came at the at the expense of um, the Gonzo bomb that she hit and Kanazawa being a bit more, you know, uh, a little bit less murderous. But we got we got the Island Driver as murder, so I'm, I'm good with that. And, yeah, just the finish, like we said earlier, so good. Um, overall, just cannot say enough this match was fucking incredible one of the best matches of the year probably the best match of the year um i don't know it, it there's so much to it that like you can dissect and be like oh this is why this match was great oh this this is why this match is great there was so much to it there were so many elements to it that it's like i don't know it was it was incredible shuri i i don't think i've heaped enough praise on her absolutely incredible wrestler like she she really rectified that julia shuri match that i always make fun of her for um because because obviously i was like man that was a that was a stinker but it this really proved that it's like she can go long um i knew she can go long against mayu i was a big fan of that match but this proves that she can go long and have the best match of the year best match in years you know like it, it's really incredible uh just how good she is and i think i think utami obviously held her own if not did better than I was even expecting her to do. And I, I always expect a lot of, out of Utami. So best match of the year. Uh, one of the better matches I've seen in a few years. Loved it. Loved the finish. Loved everything about it. Um, I doesn't get much better than this. Yeah, and I think it's, it's one of those performances where the finish almost doesn't matter because the two of them waged such a war and it was so entertaining that they both emerged as bigger stars than they went in. If you were to ask me today, I would say these are the top two of stardom almost. Like, I think Siri has overtaken Julia even um, as somebody who is just a big, big name in stardom and feels like a massive star. And, I mean, that's a credit to them because their performances, again, were worthy of that. They, They earned that. And I think Utami walks out of this one as just the the world champion she really feels like a world champion 
and Siri walks out as somebody who has gone to, you know, who hasn't lost to the two most protected and biggest names in the company because Julia couldn't beat her and now Tammy couldn't beat her. I think, you know, people don't talk enough about how well Stardom has treated Siri. Like, uh, had you told me that Stardom would sign up Siri and push her to this level, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, They've done right by her uh, every step of the way. And, you know, I think they did themselves a real favor here and established two people as real two real top stars in in the promotion. I know they were already kind of top stars, but it feels like they they almost lapped some people now. They just feel like almost bigger stars than anybody else just because of this match. Um yeah, just I I think this is going to be one of those matches that will bring a lot of eyeballs into stardom. Uh I I I I feel like Dave Meltzer is going to go 5 plus on it and as much as people want to detest Dave Meltzer, I think you cannot underestimate how his star ratings are real tastemakers for a lot of people. I think if he gives this 5+, plus, you're going to see a lot of people checking out Stardom for the first time. Um, and I think, you know, this could be a big match for them, not in, you know, a, a real breaking point, because if this is what drives a lot of more international fans to Stardom, then so be it. That's great, you know? Yeah, plus, um, we didn't watch it on, on English, but there was an English stream of this one. So, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, I usually, unless it's very specific, like, I, I like Chris Charlton as a as a commentator, so I'll, I'll usually watch uh, English commentary if on New Japan if he's around, because I think he's really good at, at just, like, the historical things. Um, otherwise, I'm not a big English commentator commentary guy. Uh, you know, I, I don't really care. Like, I don't need English commentary to enjoy a match. Um if it's if it's good English commentary, obviously it helps. Uh, I did not watch this with English commentary, but it is definitely something um, for people who don't watch Stardom, and it definitely helps to be like, oh well, this wrestler is like you don't really hear their names except for the one you know call in the beginning, so you don't really know who these wrestlers are. And if you're going to be watching a wrestler for forty three minutes, it's probably good to know their name. So you know, for those unacquainted, English commentary becoming a thing is definitely a, a plus. Uh, and I think that overall, this match could definitely be a, a groundbreaking one. Um, I know Melt said this was the best star match he's seen. Uh, and that's that's a pretty big thing, because obviously there were some of those EO matches that were pretty, you know, highly, highly touted as incredible matches back in the day. Obviously, there's some of them a bit more recently that are some of the best matches. I, I can't fully agree, but it's it's probably one of them. Probably, like, and it's funny, because we just did that Q&A where it's like, oh, what's the best star match of all time? Um, this is definitely one of them. Like, it, it, oh, this it, is mine now. Yeah. If, if that question was asked today, I would say yeah. this one. Like, I, I don't. I it's taken over. It's hard to to argue against it. You know what I mean? Like that. That's why I mean. Like it's it's very hard to argue against it. Fucking incredible match. Like it, it cannot be said enough. Uh, it was a great build. Um, I know that they sort of like jumped back and forth with what like if they were going a bit more comedy build or this build or that build. You know, like how they're going to do it. But overall. It never changed that Shuri was bringing out a new side of herself that was even stronger. It was like her fuller potential. And Utami wasn't scared of her, but there was a sort of sense of like, I don't know how to beat this woman because she is incredible. Like she she is just, you know, a god. And so I, I felt like they built it very well. They built Shuri up to be at Utami's level, if not higher than Utami. And then they both ended the match 
twice being at the same level as each other, which is a great way to end a match, a great way to, you know, move forward um, with with the storyline. And, and eventually, whoever does get the win, it will probably be Utami in the end, um, but whoever gets the win here, absolutely incredible. I think that that's one of the money matches um, going into the future is, is uh, Utami versus Shuri um, one more time. Hopefully it doesn't go 30, 43 minutes again, because I don't know if they can you know, strike gold twice like that, but I definitely have faith that the next match will also be pretty fucking good. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think you raise a good point. I don't want to see Stardom do 43-minute matches <laughs> every pay-per-view. I think it's something that feels special because it's rare. Like, even the 30-minute draw was like, oh, shit, like, that's crazy. And the fact that they kept going was even more insane. And I think... It's because we've just never seen it in stardom really like i don't think they've ever had a 43 minute match i could be wrong aside from like rumbles or whatever i don't think they've ever had like a singles match or anything like that go 43 minutes um, i mean the the time limit's usually 30 like cause i know yeah, eo went exactly, 30 a yeah. lot but like i think that's that's been the time amount i don't think they ever broke that so like I, I don't want, I just, I really don't want to see them do this all the time. And I hope they don't see this as like a quick, you know, recipe for getting a, you know, a five star match or whatever you want to call it. Like, I, I hope they understand that this is the perfect combination of, you know, two wrestlers who are very good with insane chemistry who were able to plan out a match that justified the 43 minutes. And I don't think, how, you know, I don't think a majority of the roster could really do this. Yeah, you know, and because it's hard. It's uh, obviously it's it's very fucking difficult. Like I couldn't, can barely do anything for forty three minutes. Never mind wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Like all we so... do is talk. All we do is talk for forty. Yeah, minutes. that's 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 our that's our thing. That's it. Mm-hmm. And even then, it's hard to have forty three minutes of like good conversation. You're gonna fuck mm-hmm. up eventually and say something like boring. So like to 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 bring that into a wrestling ring, it's just incredible. So you know, it's it's no knock to the Stardom roster, but I just don't think a lot of them could even hope of doing something like this and so i hope stardom understands that and doesn't try to go to this well too often yeah um, and i but I, I think they will i think they've learned their lesson after the uh after that julius Surrey match they haven't been as as bad with matches going super long but um because like i think even I, I like i said i don't think utami and shuri can do this any two days of the week like, I think this was a very, very special, perfect storm. I don't think even Utami and Shuri are, I don't want to say they aren't capable, because obviously they are. They just had the fucking, one of the best matches in Star Mystery. But, like, on a, on any given day, I don't see Utami going 43 minutes and having a match of this quality or, or anything similar. Same with Shuri, with any other opponent. I think them two together, and maybe Mayu, are the only people that could really do it. And I, even so, I don't mm-hmm. want to see that. You know, I mean, I don't want to see... And I said the same thing after Shuri versus Mayu, which was not as good as this, like nowhere near as good as this, but it was a really good match, and it went 28 minutes. And I was like, I don't want to see them do this again, because it was a good match, but it, it didn't... It, I can't see them striking it twice. Somehow they striked it twice, and they striked it even better. Let's not go for a third, please. I mean, maybe, like, so one day in the next five years, you match that's over 30 minutes, maybe... But, like, please, like, don't. And like you said, I think that they'll be smart enough not to just, you know, raise the time limit to 60 minutes on every match and then, like, go crazy. I, I don't think they, they're going to do that. I hope they don't do that. I'm, you know, praying to God they don't do that. But I think that this was a perfect storm. 
a perfect match. Don't try to hit strike gold twice because it, it will probably be underwhelming. Uh, but with that being said, another Shuri versus fucking Utami match will probably be amazing. Yeah, I mean, they they are a fantastic pairing. Uh, they really play off each other very well. Um, where I want to go next is, because um, I feel like we've heaped more than enough praise on that main event, mm-hmm. um, did 1,240 fans for this show. Really? Yeah, um, which is more than I was expecting based on those initial sales that I saw. It seems like they're locked into this kind of 1,000 to 1,500 range for these pay-per-views aside from obviously the all-star cinderella which is kind of an outlier but given that you know is that the budokan it had a lot of advertisement it was legends and stuff so obviously can't really it was right in, the, in between like the big uh state of emergencies too well not right in between but it was it was definitely like a at a point in japan where people were more actively going to shows too Definitely. Um, so, you know, just that show in itself is an outlier, but I feel like all the rest of them have been in this range. And I'm interested to see how, when restrictions eventually lift, how that's going to work, because you can fit this many people into Corkin and it's probably cheaper. But with no restrictions, maybe they run this show and they do over 2,000 or something like that, you know? Because I feel like there's people who are wary of going to shows or people who like can't afford to go to shows or just anything like that with current restrictions and i wonder you know, is this their ceiling for COVID restrictions like is this uh, you know because they're going back to yokohama budokan three times in the next 40 days and the finals of the gp are at oda ward like, are all of these shows well, going to draw in the same area you know like is, yeah. is this their almost their peak for how well they're going to do in this COVID era. And is this kind of how, is this the limit on how many fans they're going to get into a building? Yeah, I mean, that is a big, a big part of it. And uh, Meltzer brought this up too, that it's like the main event, it was insane. And sorry, we're, I'm going back to main event. I'm not really answering your question. I'll answer your question <laughs> one okay. minute. But Meltzer brought up that it's like, this match was insane. And it didn't even have crowd like, like a hyped as a, as hype a crowd as the crowd wanted to be, because it the restrictions mm-hmm. right. If if the crowd was as hyped as a you know um un, a non COVID crowd, this match would be one of the most like energetic matches of all time. Maybe not of all time, but you get what I mean. That's like that was something that like completely is so different. If this happened, you know, a year and a half ago with that crowd. With this, I'm I'm butchering the words, but it could have been a million times better, and it was already fucking amazing. So that's one thing. And two is it's a good question because a thousand is better than I was expecting, um, honestly. Because when I saw Odaward, when I saw the lights on, um, when the show was starting, I was like, that looks like maybe fifty people. <laughs> like obviously it's more than fifty, but it, it did not look like there were there was anybody there um and obviously by the end you sort of hear like the loud clapping with a lot of people there like you could tell there was a different decent amount but like you said it is kind of worrying that's like do they what will be their their you know ceiling in the next coming months uh was this their ceiling for an Oda Ward type building during these covid restrictions i don't know obviously hope it's a bit bigger hopefully you know this isn't you know a a a bubble that's going to pop you know quicker than crowds fully come back but i think 
I have hope, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that it will, they can keep this train going until crowds are able to come back and then maybe start to move forward and, you know, amplify over time. I think that they could do that. Cause I think right now is probably the best time to get into stardom uh, since 2019, like since COVID and since, you know, a lot of things, it's definitely on the upward uh, overall, even though the, the house shows are kind of fucking, uh, no, no. But, you know. Also, Natsuko versus Utami is gonna be really good. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So after the main event, obviously, um, Aura came out to challenge Utami while Utami was dead on the floor. I uh, guess this is the Yokohama Budokan match. Maybe? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it could be a good Yokohama Budokan match. Uh, yeah. They might put Saya versus Tam above it, which would kind of suck for Utami after having one of the best matches in Storm history being back yeah. to the semi. Um, but I think I'm kind of scared Natsuko wins. And it's like, I like Natsuko, but I'm kind of scared Natsuko yeah. wins. I think Natsuko <laughs> is, is incredible at being a heel um, at this point. I'm obviously still not fully on the Oedo Tai train because I think that there's aspects of it that's like, it's a bit much, but I think Natsuko with her promos and with her with her wrestling ability that I know that she has, I think that she is one of the best heels in the world. Because it's like, I still don't want to see her win. Like, I love watching her, and I think that she's great. But it's like, I still am like, please, please. Like, you know, you want, like, it's really good. I, I really want the babyface to overcome Natsuko um, in, in most cases. So it's really a, a good situation for me. I think this is going to be a really good match. Um it was a funny promo Natsuko said that came out, and while Utami was dead on the floor, she's like, um, while you lay there, I just wanted to mention, Oedo Tai's trending on Twitter, guys! <laughs> let's go! Let's go! Um, and then she's like, oh, so I'm gonna fucking murder you, and then she left. Um, and, then, and then on Twitter, um, the following, like, two days, Utami was just radio silent. I imagine she was sleeping the entire time. I hope she was sleeping, because Jesus Christ was that fucking match. And Natsuko, like, tweeted at her, like, oh, I'm going to beat your ass. And then, like, you know, 12 hours later, she's like, so you got nothing to say? And Utami's like, I forgot that you existed. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it, it's been a long weekend. <laughs> like, yeah, like, we could fight, I guess. I don't really care. I'm tired. Um, And that was a really funny Twitter exchange. But I think this is going to be a really good fucking match. Uh. Again, hopefully Utami beats Natsuko, and hopefully, uh, I don't know, hopefully it's a good match, hopefully it's it main events, because I'm going to be honest, I'll feel really bad for Utami if she is forced into the semi-main after this, but you never know, you never know. Yeah, I don't I don't know, because Wade Otai has been getting a push, and I feel like yeah. them winning the, the Stars match is, is a big indication of how they're seeing so i could definitely see tora and utami main eventing um i was just wondering if they would do it at a yokohama budokan or if it was like a, a korokan match or something because i feel like they usually like to have some form of ddm representation in a main event of these pay-per-views <laughs> and yeah. for Dyke, you're obviously the next challenges for alk that's true and saya is busy with tam so i don't really know it's it's, it's all over the place Either way, I'm I'm interested in in Utami versus Tora. I feel like Tora molds herself to almost everybody. But her and Utami just strike me as like really different performers, even though they both have power both, behind them. Yes, they both are. They both rely almost on that powerhouse base, but they're different still because Utami is a lot more grounded. 
whereas Tora is more, I'm going to run you over, I am a tank with speed. Um, so I'm interested to see how that works, because I don't see Tora uh, doing five minutes of tepid grappling with Utami to start the match. Like, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, so... You think, they go the, you think they go the Natsuko-Julia uh, route, except better? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. I don't think. Yeah, because it it. I don't, yeah, I don't really know because I I Especially definitely. Especially Tora loses. You couldn't have Tora lose another. Yeah, that's true. Style. That's true. Um, I don't know. It will be interesting to see how they go with that because, like you said, it's like ALK versus Aphrodite is definitely a huge match that um I would probably have main event a, a fucking big show because that's mm-hmm. like an incredible match. Um, an incredible prospect too, but with both the Cinderella winner and the you know world champion kind of being wrapped up for these shows, it's, it's kind of hard to um, kind of hard to put that on a big stage. So I don't really know, but I would be down for for either um, either prospect because you know maybe they decide oh the Cinderella winner should ch- should challenge on Corkins like that should be the but who knows it's it's new territory really for Stardom um, overall. Oh these bigger shows happening consistently. Um, so you never really know. I'm, I'm interested to see where they go. Um, I'm excited for all these matches that we're talking about. Sai versus, versus fucking Tam is going to be great. Utami versus Natsuko is probably going to be great. AOK versus Aphrodite could be another match of the year candidate, honestly. Because, like, mm-hmm. me and you me and you are both big tag guys. You know, obviously, um, a great singles match is incredible, but a great tag match can fucking blow shit away. So you never really know. It could be another great match. I don't want to hype it up too much in case it does fall flat, but could be great. I'm excited for everything. Um, these next seven shows over the next month is going to be hell, but I'm excited for the next big show because I think that it, it will deliver. Um, if, if this match, if this show is any indication, it will it will be a good show. Yeah, I mean, these pay-per-views always deliver um, apart from the one in Osaka that I hated. Um, but like generally, they they are very very good. They're very high end uh, shows, um, and they they almost they do make you very excited to see more of Stardom, and then that excitement slowly stops away as I watch them uh, have house shows in Kanazawa, um, that really uh, nobody is meant to watch anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, the, this show was great. Um, I feel like. Talking about it, we didn't give it enough praise, but I feel yeah. like it's just because I just enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I wasn't like. I had to, I had to go back and rewrite all of my Utami Sherry notes because I I stopped taking notes like 15 minutes in. I was mm-hmm. I was too invested, like straight up, like that. And that's a shoot. Like I had to go back and be like, okay, this part was great, this part was great, this part was great, and this part was also great. I didn't even touch on all of the parts I thought was great, and I was trying to remember them, but it's just like it it is hard because it was a fucking incredible match. Indeed. Um, yeah, I suppose that's enough on Tokyo Dream Cinderella, unless you have any other points you want to mention? Uh, no. Uh, fuck you, Oedotai. Um, even though I, I'm, I'm excited for the future. Enough. Um, I suppose the, we will move on to a Gaiaism, Decade of a Quarter Century. Uh, what Gaiaism does that mean? Out... Decade of a Quarter Century. Like, I know it's, it's like an oh. English, like, Japanese thing probably but it, it sounds it, it like I, I thought about it for a second I was like I should not think about this because it hurts my head um. it's probably uh, the fact that it is the decade of the quarter century of Gaia Japan because they said they were celebrating their 25th 
anniversary this show. Uh, it ended up being their 26th, obviously, because of COVID, but it was initially meant to be the 25th, which yeah. is a quarter of a century. But the de- yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, okay. Would have been 2020, so it's like the decade of the quarter century. Of, oh, shit. Know. Yeah, that's true. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's my bad. I, I, I don't know words. Fair. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, this allegedly outdrew stardom. They did 1,500 fans. Um, I definitely see that. Yeah, it it definitely looked a lot more full. Um, This was... I don't even know where to start. Um, (laughs) So to be honest with you, I didn't watch most of the start of this because I wasn't actually intended on watching this live. Uh, I just happened to wake up at like half seven and was like, I might as well watch Gaiaism. Screw it. So I I turned it on just as we were getting entrances for the opener. So I didn't Hmm. see like all of the cool... Ceremonies Dude. And stuff. Okay, I'm a I'm a I'm a gush about the opening ceremony because okay, it cool, was cool. so good, so fucking good. Um, I ended up watching this a day late. Um, I wasn't gonna spoil myself, but then I went on VK to see if it was up, and the first thing I saw was the main event, uh, like the the winners on the main event, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but the opening, the opening was incredible. Um, first of all, the Gaia music was so fucking incredible. Like I don't know, like I I when I watch Gaia, I usually just watch the matches. Um, I don't really hear the music, but dude, the fucking music, bro, the, the fucking welcome to Gaia or the, um, yeah, the welcome to Gaia song is so fucking groovy. Like it is so, oh my God. So great. That's the point. That's not even like the biggest point of this. Um, the opening video, it was like 10 minutes of just the entire history. So yeah, they, they covered a lot of the like crush gals, 2000 stuff, a lot of the SSU stuff. Um, it it was a really good opening video. I, I really enjoyed it. And it ended, the video ended with everybody from Gaia putting their the the last show I'm not sure if you've seen this I haven't I hadn't seen it until the mm-hmm. uh, until the video everybody in Gaia or all the originals from Gaia whatever um put their golden tracksuits in the middle of the ring and then left and that was like the last you know that was the still image was the golden tracksuits in the middle of the ring like one of if not the absolute last Gaia show um, back in 2005 and that was the still image they left it there for like a good 30 seconds and then um the uh fucking what is it um a space odyssey song um yeah. it started playing and you see a, like i don't know like nine women in golden tracksuits come out to the stage and then red tracksuits and then red tracksuits on the side and then everybody just comes out and they do the opening ceremony to the amazing welcome to gaia song which is the most groovy song i've ever fucking heard i'm gonna get citrus to cover it i'm it's, it's a fucking great song great song um and then all of the, the women from Gaia, Japan, come out in their golden tracksuits. They do the little formation, and then they leave. And then all of the women from Sendai Girls and from Marvelous come out. And Takumi's at the head, um, even though she's not wrestling. And she just looks so fucking cool because of course she does. She's fucking Takumi Aroha. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. She, I don't know. Something about it just felt good. And you know this we're, we're both big you know like ajw guys a lot like the old school um a lot of the like theatrics of the old school um joshi shows um or is some of my favorite stuff um i always think of like the dream slam when all of the individual companies came out fmw looked like such fucking badasses like just all that stuff and did the formation and i just i love that in wrestling just like the the fucking aesthetic of it just looks great this looked incredible love the opening ceremony it, so good so good i love the the fucking tracksuit 
thing where it's like all of them were laying in the in the middle of the ring. They were all abandoned, and then for the first time since then, they're all wearing their Gaia um, track suits, and it was really really cool. Uh, so yeah, love the opening ceremony. Uh, that's all you didn't get to see, so uh, you should go back and watch it just because like you get goosebumps like every like ten seconds for some reason. Like it just feels so good. Like I don't know, it, it was a really good opener, um, and it was a great start to the show. That was also a very good show. Yeah, no, I, I always uh, I always thought Guy Japan had, like, really great production whenever I've seen their mm-hmm. shows. Uh, obviously, I have a stack of DVDs there, so I've seen a few of them. Um, and their production always stood out as top-notch. So it's it's I, I can definitely see them carrying that on here. Um, and, yeah, I love the tradition of, like, everybody standing and posing to open the show. It's one of the coolest things that I think a lot of companies have abandoned. Um, I remember when I went to Sendai UK, they did the, they all did the pose, and I was like, "This is cool, this is great!" Like while the opening music plays, mm-hmm. um, so you know, it, I feel like that's a cool nod to the past there to to open with that. Um, then we went straight from the past into the future because the opener was uh, the Gaia is in the future match. Uh, the marvelous team was Maria, Meiho Shizuki, and Makoto Shindo, who I believe are known as the third gen trainees, and they took on Canon Manami and Eureka Oka. Um, this is exactly what you'd expect from like a quote, rookie match. I know like the three marvelous ones have their like normal professional gear now and stuff, so mm-hmm. they aren't rookies, but they still like wrestle sort of like juniors, I guess is what they call them, junior and senior. Um, yeah, yeah, it was exactly what you'd expect from a match like that. A lot of a lot of drop kicks, <laughs> a lot oh, of yeah. drop. Kicks. Oh yeah, a lot of drop uh, kicks. Out of draft kicks, uh, so you know, roll ups, uh, pins, forearms, stuff like that. You know, really well worked, obviously, because the three marvelous wrestlers are incredibly talented. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, the center ghost trainees are good too, but yeah, the marvelous three are just incredible. And this was this is the best way to open the match. Such a high energy opener featuring kind of some of the future stars that will carry on the spirit of Gaia Japan. Yeah, I'm, as I'm sure you guys have already told, can already tell from this and also from just our previous talks about Marvelous, we are very much biased towards Marvelous um, in comparison to Sunday Girls. Obviously, we like Sunday Girls, but uh, we're, we're, we're pretty biased in that way. Um, but yeah, I think Maria, I, I obviously watch a decent amount of Marvelous, but not enough to be like fully like, you know, like, oh, I have an opinion on every single one of these wrestlers. I think Maria mm-hmm. is so fucking good. Like, maybe not as good as Mei Hoshizuki because Mei's fucking a fucking high speed god but she is so good and like just her energy is very very good all, all th- i think everybody in marvelous is fucking incredible i'm not gonna lie like mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not gonna gush too much this opening was really good it was a bit longer than i was expecting like i was sort of expecting it to go you know like six minutes or so i'm not sure how long it actually went but it felt yeah. fairly long huh uh, almost 14 minutes yeah see like that that's a lot longer than i was expecting i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest mm-hmm. um it wasn't bad. Like it, it was a good match, and I, I enjoyed it. A lot of drop kicks, like you said. Um, and then it was May who got the pin, right? Yeah, May May pinned somebody. I forget who, but it was a good match, and I enjoyed Adam? it. Yeah, I think so. Um. Yeah. No. It was a fun. It was a fun opener. Uh, May getting the win makes sense because she is mm-hmm. the most talented, almost of everyone involved, and uh, she is the Sendai Junior Champion as well. So she kind of has that bit of seniority there over the rest of them. So her winning kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, uh, Maria is is cool. Uh, my one thought about Maria is that she 
if Marvelous was to, you know, bring back an SSU or defix style faction, she should be the leader because she would make a fantastic dickhead heal. Like she just has yep. that kind of energy where she would like bitches with chairs and then tap them out with an arm bar. And I, I feel like that that would be great to play into. Um Yeah, they don't seem to be doing that, which is obviously unfortunate, <laughs> but you know. They they, they they got heal Hibiki, so they're okay. Yeah. Um Next match on the show then was uh, Shima versus Leo Osaka. This was the token men's match because Osaka is uh, the only male re- m- blech, the only male member of the Marvelous roster. Yeah. Um, this was this is okay. I didn't think they really went out of their way to do anything too special. Um, but obviously, I mean, Shima can sleepwalk his way to a good match, and Osaka's quite talented. So, oh, it was it was good, I guess, but it didn't really spark anything. Yeah, I, I sort of spit. This is this is the only match that I really like spaced out during, um, and I spaced out very frequently in wrestling, so that's pretty much saying something. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a fine match. Uh, Shima's good. Um, Leo's good. Uh, you know, this is the only match I really have no comment on. I, I actually didn't take a single note on this. It was it was a fine one though. No, that's fair. Uh, the next match on the show was uh, Sakura Hirota versus the Great Sasuke. Uh, Sakura Hirota, in typical Hirota faction, cosplayed a fellow wrestler. Uh, this time, she cosplayed as Akira Hokuto. She came out to Oro Delay. She had the mask. She Dude, had that the, was so hype. It was, <laughs> I heard that it was song, so I was vibing, bro. It was so good. <laughs> oh, man, I uh, loved it. Uh, she, she got a long promo beforehand where she brought back her, her maid made-up title that she used to defend in, in Gaia shows. Um, and I popped so hard for for the fake belt. And then, yeah, she came out dressed as uh, as Akira Hokuto, and it was so funny. Um, the match kind of followed that kind of crackhead vibe because uh, Great Sasuke <laughs> was airbending, I feel like. I, I have no idea, but yeah. it looked like he was airbending. And Sakura Hirota kind of stopped pretending to be Akira Hokuto like, straight away and just did her usual shit. And then uh, they parodied the spot from uh, the Satomura Hokuto match from the early knots that everybody has probably watched and enjoyed, uh, where Hokuto was selling by almost falling off the ropes uh, out of the ring during a 10 count. Um, and yeah, Hirota did that, and it was very funny. Oh but yeah, this, this was just a crazy match altogether. The, 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 I just, <laughs> it's hard to put into words, because here's this oh, dude yeah. airbending... And Hirota did, at one point just got up on the on the rope and stuck her legs in the air while Sasuke was I don't know fucking meditating or some shit. I was like, what is this? This is amazing. Uh, this is everything I could want. And uh, yeah, it was great. Oh yeah, it was a fever dream. Um, yeah, I I was telling you about this beforehand. I think the the Hokuto spot parody was fucking hilarious. It was probably like one of my favorite, just like comedy spots i've seen in a long time uh because she was literally like she was selling and she was literally just like jumping back against the rope and just like bouncing all around i was like damn like like part of me was like damn if i was hokuto i kind of feel like like disrespected but at the same time this is so fucking funny like i don't know <laughs> like i don't know how to like it was how no it was just so well done and like the the hokuto spot is great when you're like in the context of it like when you're watching the match, it's such a great like just like sell. But when like you just see the clip of her selling like that, it is pretty funny. So 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 Sakura Hoda, Hoda just fucking doing that to a million was absolutely perfect. I loved it. Um she also ended up winning, which is pretty cool. Uh and she retained her fake 
um, 3AW championship. Indeed. Um, and uh, she won by just poking poking uh, Sasuke in the butt with her, her oh, signature. Yeah. Uh, I know Naruto had a name for it, but I forget. And I'm not... uh, Thousand Years of Deaths, right? Oh, Thousand Years of Pain. Yeah, yeah, pain, she, does, yeah. Uh, she does that. She pokes him in the butthole. And uh, it works. It's it's her most le- most lethal move, um, and that was not to be the last we would see of Hirota tonight. Uh, but the next match was a hardcore match between Dash Chizako and Hibiki. Uh, Hibiki looked great. She had the Dude. white tank oh. top, the black uh, everything else. Uh, had barbed wire hanging off her. Absolute badass move. Oh yeah, H- Hibiki's based, bro. Like, like I'm, I'm like as somebody who doesn't watch enough Marvelous to like get annoyed by her heel heat, she is just a god. Like she's, she's a god. Like she's, in I, I love her. She's awesome. Um, dude, she's, <laughs> she came out really like looking just like a fucking like just degenerate, and like I'm just like this is awesome. Like, like this is this is this is the wrestler, and then Dash comes out doing her you know usual Dash stuff, looking dope as hell. Um. And then the match was just insane. Like it was it was a really, really well done hardcore match. Um and I think it, it was really unique while also not using all that many weapons, like unique weapons. It was really just, you know, a ladder, chairs, uh, you know, megaphones, a table, you know, and some barbed wire. Like it, it was it that sounds like a lot, but like relatively it's pretty tame. But the way that they used each of them was incredibly smart, incredibly well done, and it was just overall super fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I just just saw here that it went twenty minutes, and I never would have guessed. I didn't oh, no. like feel the twenty minutes go by. Um, I I don't love hardcore matches. Like, I feel like you have to see them live to really fully experience them. Uh, so I didn't like love this to bits, but it was very fun seeing Hibiki get the shit beat out of her because. She's been a nuisance for months now, and I wanted somebody to beat her up. Um, so thank you, Dash. Oh yeah, she she died for all of her megaphone-related sins. Um, it yeah, was it was really, dude. I, I don't know. Like like I said, like just because I I see enough clips of her to like laugh at, and like you know with her fucking megaphone and shit. But I don't have to like watch shows that she ruins by fucking up the main event, or you know like I don't have to watch like so I just see all of the best bits of Hibiki, and I love it. Like, it's so great. Like, I'm going to start watching way more Marvelous, and I'm going to be like, okay, I get it. But, until then, Hibiki's based. She's she's fucking dope. I love that chick. She's so... Oh, my God. I, I actually did really, really enjoy this match. It was really, really fun to watch. Um, I'm probably more high than even most people. Uh, even uh, Scory did a did a little video about it um, on his on his page. You guys should check out if you guys just want, like, a you know, minute and a half, like, summary of the match. It was really, really good. Indeed. Um, the next match on the show then was uh, Chikayo Nagashima, uh, Miko Satomura, and Toshi Uematsu beating Chigusa Nagayo, Kaoru, and Sakura Hirota. Uh, so obviously all six of these were members of the Gaia Japan roster originally. Uh, most of them were trained by Nagayo, uh, but obviously Kaoru debuted in AJW and just would have worked yeah. with Nagayo. Um, Sakura Hirota came out in her rookie gear, a pink singlet, acting like a rookie. Her voice was a two pitches higher. She was very excited. She was trying to do drop kicks and forearms. And I remember Nagayo made her entrance, a uh, badass entrance to, to Hearts on Fire, as always. Oh, yeah. And she just, like, gave did a double take of Hirota, and I was like, Sakura doesn't tell people what she's doing, does she? She, she just, like, lets them find out in the ring. 
Um, oh, it was so funny. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see because uh, like Karu and uh, Uematsu and stuff had they wore some of their like Gaia gear. Like Karu usually wears the Riot Crown inspired clothing now, but she mm-hmm. she had kind of the white and nice thing that she has that she had back in Gaia when she was uh, terrorizing people in Defix. <laughs> um, yeah, this I mean this match wasn't like amazing or anything, but like it was just such nostalgia filled and so fun. Like seeing Satomura and Nagayo the opening grappling probably the last Dude, time they'll ever wrestle yeah, each other was, was that's awesome. exactly that's exactly what i put down is that it's like it's kind of surreal to know that it's like this is probably the last time they'll ever lock up um so obviously chigus is getting up there in age and miko's heading to the uk indefinitely at this point so it's like you know that was it, it felt really wild to just be like damn that was like a that's a that's a thing um also a part of my headcanon is that sakura Hirota was so committed to the bit that she botched all of Miko's moves at the end on purpose. Because um, I don't know, like, like they're both incredible wrestlers. I don't know how there's any other way for Sakura Rota to just miss getting hit by a kick when she is pretty fucking good at wrestling. Like, I was just like, damn, that's, that's sort of funny. That's like, she missed, like, she just, like, completely evaded the scorpion, the scorpion rising on accident, I assume. I don't know. But she just kept like fucking up the last few moves, and I'm just like, yeah, she's definitely like that. My head canon is that she was too into the bit, and she's like, I'm just gonna fuck this up, fuck this up here, and fuck this up, and just bash a little bit. It was fucking hilarious. Overall, the match felt important, even if it wasn't like a, a you know like classic match like the main event. But it was, it, it felt you could feel the history in it. You know, that sounds very profound. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it like that. Okay. Um, also, shout outs to Uematsu. Uh, I believe she's wrestled like a handful of times in the last 10 years, but she was pulling out a moonshot oh, yeah. and shit. She was great. Oh, yeah, she looked good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, U- Uematsu, please come back. Uh, go to Marvelous or something. I don't know. Um, it was nice to see Kuro get this, though, because obviously she's retiring in two months' time. Uh, very sad about that. Um, yeah. But, you know, her getting to you know wrestle some of her old pals was uh, a nice thing here. Um, and yeah, that was that leads us on to the main event for all the gold, oh. the three AW three AW tag titles, Sendai Girls World Title, and Sendai Girls Tag Titles. Um, this was Chihiro Hashimoto, Mika Iwata, and the Sendai Girls X Dash Chizako versus uh, Mia Momono, Rin Katakura, and the Marvelous X Mei Hoshizuki. Uh, this is a rematch of a match that happened on January twelfth that I had in contention for match of the year. Um, I feel like their first match was better than this one almost, but this was still crazy good 25 minute match. Like I didn't even know this went 25 minutes until just Jesus now. Christ, yeah, me like, neither. It, it felt like it flew by. Like when Rin eliminated Mika, it was like we've only been wrestling for two minutes. What the hell? But it had yeah. actually been six. Um, yeah, this was the match you thought it would be. The marvelous trio were just bouncing around the ring. They were going for it. They were all over I the place. Them. And the, the Sendai girls would then be like, we are going to kick the shit out of you. Please stop running. And uh, yeah, it was it was great. Uh, the, the match came down to Chihiro and Mio. And that was when I feel like things really hit the top gear. Chihiro and Mio worked really, really well together. They were fantastic yeah. in those last 10 minutes. You know, Mio living and dying by every pinfall, trying to get the best of Hashimoto and Hashimoto not being interested and trying to commit murder on her. Uh, which she did at least twice with the power bomb and the German suplex that won them the match. Um, 
yeah, just this was a fantastic way to cap off the Gaiaism stuff. Just six of the best from both companies going at it in a war for all of the belts. Um, the surprising result was that Hashimoto pinned Mio to win the match for Sender Girls. So Sender Girls got all the belts, which I did not see coming at all. Fucking Sendai. Fucking hate that prefecture. Ruins everything. Um but no, this was a this was a fucking incredible match. Um I, I loved it. You said it wasn't as good as their first one. I still haven't seen their first one somehow. So for me, this was another match of the year. Like two two nights in a row there were fucking match of the year candidates, uh, and they were both fucking incredible. Like it's insane how Oh my god. I love this match to death. Um Mio Momino is probably the best wrestler right now um as it stands in terms of just sheer consistency of being good at everything um her versus her her last few minutes with with hash really was like just unstoppable dude oh my god like i don't know i'm just gonna gush because this was so fucking good i can i could watch mio and hashimoto wrestle for hours if if i was allowed Mm to like and it's so weird because there's such a mismatch when you look at them. Because obviously Mio is a smaller wrestler, and obviously Hash is a, a bigger wrestler. Um, and it, but it wasn't like a David versus Goliath type of thing. Even it was just Mio, like almost being bigger than she actually is as a wrestler. Like her 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 energy was as big as Hashimoto's was until Hash just was like, you know what, no you're small, I am going to crush you. And she crushes her and crushes her. Then Mio comes back and like her her energy, and this sounds really weird, but her energy was as big as Hashimoto's was. And it like it didn't feel like, oh, this small wrestler versus this big wrestler. It felt like this small wrestler feels like a fucking giant against this also giant. And it was just, they were just fucking colliding. This sounds like a fucking, like I'm on crack, but it, it, I, it, it I'm, I, it was great. Okay. It was amazing. Um, I was upset that, you know, Hashimoto ended up beating Mio Momono. Um, she actually pinned both Rin and Mio Momono um, back-to-back, which was pretty huge, um, pretty big for her. And, yeah, it was it was a great match. Uh, even, you know, we didn't really talk about them, but Mika did great, Dash did great. Uh, a lot of it did ride on the last uh, 10 minutes with Hashimoto and, and Mio Momono, which really made it one of the best matches of the year. But, dude, it, it was so fucking good. It was so good. Um but yeah, so Sendai Girls has all 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 of the belts. Um, where do you think that they go with like the three AW belts? Do you think it's just like a like a you know novelty, or do you think it's going to become like a thing? Um, I'm pretty sure they've said that they were gonna put them up on a shelf somewhere. So I think the tag belts will just go back into retirement. But I think Takumi and Chihiro are gonna wrestle for the three AW belt, and Takumi will bring it to Marvelous. That makes sense because uh. I don't really see Mika and Dash like teaming up consistently with the belts. Uh, no, and Sendai doesn't need two sets of tag exactly. belts. Like they really, exactly. they can barely deal with one. They they really don't need two. That's what I'm thinking. But um, yeah, I think I think three AW belt coming back and being a a interpromotional but mainly marvelous belt would be best case scenario. Um, man, Takumi's back, bro. I'm happy. Yeah, I like. I was. I was kind of disappointed. I knew she wasn't X or marvelous, but mm-hmm. you, you know, the, the hope was still there. Um, and Scott I was really fucked you. Then... Scott really fucked you with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I threatened him that uh, if it wasn't Takumi, I was never going to send him Mio Momino matches again. So, yeah, oh, poor guy. Oh, that's yeah. rough. It's, it's what he gets. Some to me. <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, like uh, Mio was in fucking tears after the match. Like she was like actually sobbing. Like you could see her body shake with with the tears. Um, and Takumi, being the big sister she was, got in Chihiro's face, and I was like, "Oh, it's on." And Takumi got on the mic, and she was like, uh, "Like I'm coming back on the on July 19th, uh, Marvelous's Corkin to celebrate their fifth anniversary." And I presume she'll probably wrestle Hashimoto there for the 3AW belt because she did seem to want that belt. Um, so the originally scheduled Gaia, Gaiaism main event will eventually go ahead, um, just not at Gaiaism. And yeah, yeah it's, it's. And awesome. also, sorry for interrupting because I interrupt all the time. Mm-hmm. I apologize. But um, Mio Momono and Rin Katakura are challenging for the Sunday belts um, later this month. Yeah, no, it's 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 really cool because uh, they're keeping it. They're keeping the thing going, you know. Yeah, like I thought they would kind of stop it after after this, or if they didn't merge, that they would stop. But uh, they clearly seem to be going ahead with you know kind of working together, which only benefits both promotions, to be honest. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Takumi Aroha is back uh, a lot earlier than I expected, to be honest. Like her knee imploded in like October, and it's only June now. And she's already she's already about to come back. Um, I'm so happy to see her back. Like I, I obviously she's my favorite wrestler of of the modern era. She's you know without without Arisa Hoshiki, she's my favorite active wrestler. Um, she just uh, you know she missed all of this Gaiaism stuff, so she's gonna be so fresh to it because she's gonna come in and be like, what like AO like you guys are fucking with my roster members. Like I'm gonna kick the shit out of you now. Like you know the, we're gonna get. Detective Takumi, who also beats the shit out of Marvelous wrestlers on Marvelous shows. So, you know, it's going to be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, and yeah, her and Hakimoto is going to be fantastic. She tweeted that it's like seeing the girls fight so hard. Um, and I don't know, she she was like tweeting about it and she's like, I will get vengeance for, for what they've done to my girls. And I'm just like, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Like, I don't know, like that, that, that's real sweet. And I also know that she she's serious because she will beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> so I'm really excited mm-hmm. for that. Um, And, and yeah, I, I'm excited just to see like her mix it up. Because I feel like Mio Momono has improved fucking tenfold in the past year. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm really excited to see a singles match between the two of them. Um, Because obviously they've wrestled before, but I'm really excited to see them, you know, with Mio really like coming into her own and is like I said, probably one of if not the best wrestler in the world right now. Uh like on consistency wise, I'm really excited to see them go for a singles. Uh Takumi obviously sort of like started shit with Natsuko on Twitter. So I can definitely see, you know, if the Mayu thing the Mayu Natsuko thing continues in a few months, I could definitely see Takumi coming back and being like, I also want to help Mayu because I know they still want to tag together. Um so that would be interesting too. I think Takumi coming back opens up so many doors for so many things, mm-hmm. and it's it's really really exciting. It's a it's an excited time for wrestling right now for Joshi wrestling especially. Um, a lot of good shits going on, um, and and I think Takumi coming back is just one of those things that's like it really re- that Joshi needed because I think Takumi, like you said, is one of the best in the modern era. Yeah, she's she's amazing, and she's a real link between a couple of companies. Like uh, you know, like Wave is going to use her. Mm-hmm. Thunder Girls is probably going to use her now. Stardom will probably draft her in because her and Away to Tie do have beef dating back to last February. Um, there's a lot there that you can do that, you know, her coming back could benefit Stardom in some ways. Like, I feel like she was probably the originally scheduled X for Stars 
um, at Yokohama Budokan, but obviously when she was injured, they were like, fuck it, we'll just plug in. in. Um, yeah, just just her coming back, and her coming back to wrestle Hashimoto is going to be fantastic, because oh, yeah. you know I feel like they're going to work really well together. And as you said, the I feel like Marvelous has grown almost without her, like the roster members have. Like Mio really stepped into that role as the, the top dog. And uh, Meiho Shizuki suddenly decided to become one of the best wrestlers in Japan. Uh, Shindo has improved. There's a new rookie for her to bully. Uh, she has Hibiki to beat the shit out of. Like, there's so much fun stuff for Takumi to do in Marvelous now. Um, so I'm very excited to see how she does. And I just hope she stays healthy, really, because, you know, coming back from an injury like that can definitely be a bit perilous. But if she does come back and she can knock off the ring rust very quick, then uh, she's she could home to my rest of the year because she still has six months left to kick bitches so i know we still have six months left of the year and there's so much good like oh my god like obviously everybody 2021 talks 21 about... has been the best year for joshi in so long yeah it's been it's amazing like every company almost is doing well like tokyo joshi pro is killing it like ceiling is doing fantastic stardom's kicking ass uh obviously marvelous and sendai have been working well together to both of their benefit uh fujimoto decided to snort some crack and just shit out match of the year contenders over an ice ribbon like it's insane yeah it's 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 a good time it's a good time to be a joshi wrestling fan as they say i don't know who they mm-hmm. is but they say i don't know <laughs> uh it's I mean, us I said that. yeah we we, yeah. we are the they we are they are they um i think that's that's all for this uh we went a lot longer than i really wanted to um We're, we've we'll... just been yelling about how good this weekend's been <laughs> that's all we need really because it, it was fantastic and when wrestling is great wrestling is great um but yeah also arisa hoshiki kind of came back uh she's not a wrestler in her mind as uh, she does the act ring thing that um she kicked people i think it's cool yeah it's just she, she does act ring that uh act Yasukawa does it's a theatrical performance with a bit of wrestling thrown in um so yeah she did that and so we were all basking in the glory of seeing seeing photos of arisa in a ring again um and that was really cool um so you know all around a great weekend of, of josie wrestling huh yeah I'm, uh, I'm happy i'm happy yeah um but next time you hear from us we probably won't be happy because we'll be previewing the upcoming stardom shows uh the cards for those are out uh i didn't love them on first glance but maybe when we dive deeper into them they'll be better um, and there's also some injuries in stardom and stuff for us to cover when we do our normal episode in a few days, I guess we haven't really sorted that out. Um, but yeah, that's for now. That's us signing off. Uh, thanks for listening to our review of Tokyo Dream Cinderella and Gaiaism. Uh, we don't normally do marvelous Sendai Girl stuff, but you know, we're both big fans. Uh, so we thought we might as well throw in some Gaiaism here and yeah, I don't know. Dylan, you have any closing remarks? Um, not really. Just enjoy wrestling, guys. Like, wrestling is good sometimes. I don't know. Like, maybe maybe just, you know, don't bitch and complain all the time Um, and, and enjoy wrestling sometimes. Like, it's it's actually really nice. Like, because usually I am a bitcher and a complainer. Um, But sometimes when, when wrestling is good, uh, it, it's really fucking good. And I, I like it. it it's, a, it's a good thing. Um, So, yeah. Uh, And also, if you're still here, um, let us know if, if we should cover a little bit more Marvelous. Because obviously, we have a lot to fucking cover already with Stardom. But... Marvelous runs like twice a month. We, we, if there's a big match, we can talk about it. If you guys like that, so you know, let us know. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, I didn't I didn't know that was coming, but yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll sign off now. Uh, if you want to stand, you may stand. If you want to sit, you may sit. Uh, believe today, shine tomorrow. You decide what you believe in. Ijo. Ijo. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Grab the perfect get-up-and-go breakfast for you and your crew. Right now, two soft and fluffy fully loaded sausage burritos are just three bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.